the whole premise of Go Fish is simply uh, that when our life feels mild or it feels stale, it feels mundane, it just might be uh, because we need to go fish. And, and what that means is simply when Jesus recruited 12 guys to be his disciples, he didn't talk to him about all the things that come with a relationship with him, like uh, peace comes with the relationship with him. Joy comes with the relationship with him. He didn't talk about any of that stuff. He didn't talk about salvation. He didn't say, if you believe in me, you're going to go to heaven. That was not a topic until much later. The first thing that he said was, hey guys, if you follow me, I'm going to teach you how to fish for men. I'm going to teach you how to build relationships with people and introduce them to me. And through a relationship with me, they're going to have everlasting life. But that was the initial invitation. I want to make you fishers of men. And when we do not respond to that and we get caught up in our own world, uh, we will have these long extended moments of feeling very mundane because we're not doing what we were born to do. Um, and so this whole week, for the past few weeks, I have been making these valiant attempts to get out of my box. Um, and what I mean by that is, is that I have a certain way of doing things. I, I, uh, my, my world is custom made for me. My, I, the, the kind of couch that I have is the kind of couch I like. I don't know what kind of couch you like, but the kind of couch that I like is the kind of couch I own. And uh, inside my house and inside my world, things operate the way I like them to. And uh, I spend most of my, uh, my days um, working on making my box as comfortable and as secure as possible. My family lives in this box. They have a routine. We have a routine. Um, in, in, in fact, uh, I was thinking about somebody in the first service while I was talking about this, and I looked out there and I saw him, and I saw his box, is, uh, he's got a box just like this inside of his house, and, and he's got guns in it. Um, and th that is the typical uh, Texas house, is inside the house, there's, there's, there's guns. But in this box is, is how we do things. And um, I, I took my first attempt on getting out of the box uh, was when I mentioned to you already, I sat down with the staff and I said, if you could restructure service, how would you do it? And they said, well, I think you should preach at 10 after instead of half past. I'm like, okay, we'll give that a shot. But in this box is kind of where I live. Uh, I even took another, uh, these, uh, you know, these very weird steps of getting out of my box. Anyone here like watching sports? Uh, I, I grew up playing sports, and of the top 10 sports I love, soccer is number 11. <laughs> just, just, I just have never really got into it. And so during this whole World Cup thing, I'm like, the whole world is pumped about the World Cup. I need to start watching it. And, you know, um, it's hard for me to like soccer because when they score a point, um, they want everyone in the universe to know about it. 
And so, for instance, the announcer goes, Goal! <laughs> After every goal. So somebody came up with, hey, let's just make, you know, I don't know. And then, here's the other part. I don't like watching soccer with my wife in the room. Because this is what they do when they score. <laughs> they take their shirt off and they run around. I'm like, I like football. You can't, you need help taking your shirt off. I got to looking at it, I'm like, there's a, there's a way, if I'm going to get out of the box and I'm going to like, you know, think, do service differently, I'm going to watch sports I don't normally watch, maybe I can just make some small tweaks to it, check this out, that's what I think. <laughs> I, I think that looks so much better. Doesn't that look good? Take that body down, man, that's just, that's, we're in church, my goodness. But, you know, I've really honestly, everyone, I've honestly in my personal life have just been really feeling God speak to me, not out loud or fire in the sky or anything, just, just right in my heart asking me, hey, Frankie, have you, have you, are you in a box? Are you doing the same thing all the time, every day? Do, do you need to widen the way you see? And I, I really think that not only... Uh, is that message for me and, and my family, but it might be for you as well. Uh, let me share a scripture with you real quick. It's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Jesus starts describing um, the people that are in relationship with him. He starts describing uh, what he's going to do with them. And, and it reads like this, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? Is it no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men? You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. So what he is saying this, is this. If you're in relationship with me, Without you even realizing it, I have made you salt. So that when people get around you, the same effect happens as when they're eating food with salt. Have you ever been eating and it's like, mmm, it's good, but uh, let's put some salt on it. You put some salt on it, and then what does it do? It brings flavor, number one. And then number two, it makes you thirsty. And so Jesus is saying, I am going to put salt on you to bring flavor into people's life. They're going to enjoy being around you. But being around you is, is also going to make them thirsty for what you have. So this is what I'm going to do with you. So have, have you ever been tipping salt and all of a sudden the top falls off because some four-year-old kid was like, I got a good trick to play on this family. <laughs> Boy, if we could find that four-year-old, right? But I'm assuming it's a four-year-old. So, um, so it, and all the salt goes, bam, and it ruins your food. 
And it ruins your food because if we go around and hit people with this Bible and say, you're going to go to hell if you don't love Jesus more, all of a sudden it's like, thanks, but no thanks. And so we are salt. We, we're just enough to make them thirsty for more. None of us can just stare at the sun without some type of glasses because it's just, it's too bright. But in your houses, for instance, the light bulb is 140 watts. It's just enough to where you find yourself at night gravitating to the rooms that have a light on. That's what the Lord is saying in this scripture. He's saying, I've made you salt to make people want to have a relationship with me. I've made you a light so that you'll be different enough in your world that people will be drawn to you. Now here's the quadrillion dollar question. Why would the Lord do this? Would he make us salt and light so that we can draw people to ourselves so that we can build our box more and more impressive? so that it can be bigger and stronger and a little bit nicer than the guy next to us. A nicer house than that guy, a nicer car than that guy, I got more money in my wallet than that guy. It, it, we can, no, 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 no. The Lord did not give you the gifts that he's given you so that you can merely build your box, your world better. I remember when I was a senior in high school, I was just starting to kind of come into my own. I was walking up to my car, I'll never forget it. I was grabbing, my, I used to have a Honda Civic hatchback. You better believe it. And I was grabbing the doorknob and I was smiling because I had just left my, uh, my history class. And as you would imagine, I was really loud and outgoing. And I was smiling because I was realizing, man, this charisma thing is kind of fun. And I felt the Holy Spirit just speak to me ever so softly and say, Frankie, if you don't use that gift for what I gave it to you for, I'll take it away. It's not to build my world. Because the Bible says that our world is like a mist that appears for a moment and then vanishes. It's scary because if we focus on this box, we teach what we know and we reproduce who we are. And so when we think this way, the generation behind us learns what we do. And so not only are we focused on our world and our box, the next other people do as well. I read this statistic that when somebody comes to a church and they give their life to Jesus and say, Jesus, I make you my Lord and Savior. I'm going to live for you for the rest of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross. They will invite more people to church in that first year than they will for the rest of their life. And the reason why, when you find something like Jesus, you want to share it with everybody. You want to share it with everyone. But then when you hang out 
in a Christian community long enough and you start looking around and you realize, well, not a lot of people fish. Not a lot of people invite people to come to church. That doesn't seem to be the normal thing. Most people just kind of enjoy living for God and, and they know they're going to heaven. And so what they do is they try to figure out how can I live closer to Jesus before I go to heaven? And so they spend their whole life doing that. And then what ends up happening is no longer fish. You know, what's interesting is, uh, is there anyone here? Let's have an honest moment. You have cheated in Monopoly. Raise your hand. Come on. You've cheated. I'm not a priest, but we're going to pretend like I am here. We've got a little curtain. Go ahead. Talk to me. Talk to me. You've cheated. You have, have hidden money underneath the board. And just when they think they got you, looky, lucky, I got it. In my family, we can no longer play Monopoly. We can no longer play. We, relationships have been severed over this game. I've never really been that good, but I remember the first time I won. It, was, it came up on me without me realizing it was actually happening. Uh, I, I remember I got uh, Marvin Gardens, and then I got the, the other two yellows. Then I got the green ones. I got the North Carolina, the South Carolina, and the whatever that other green one was. What was it? And then, and then I got the boardwalk and I got Park Place. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is it. And then came the houses. And then I started putting cards up and started putting hotels on there. And once you put a hotel on there, you begin to hold people at your mercy. They, you begin to dominate their life. You begin to reign and rule over the game. And you begin to enjoy every second of your life. And I remember when I won, I had a stack of cash and a stack of property, and I'm looking at my slaves. <laughs> and I'm saying, who is the man? I am Donald Trump with a bald head. If I had his hair, I'd shave it anyway. But it, <laughs> I am, I own this game. I own you. I, I own this game. And, and so uh, I'm looking at it, and then all of a sudden somebody said something to me. They said, Frankie, it's time to put it all back in the box. And I said, no, I want it to be a shrine. I want to hang it on the wall. I want to freeze it. I want to glue it together and hang it on the wall. I want everyone in there. No, Frankie, everything goes back into the box. And then we put it up in the shelf, up where our shoes are. And it was all over. And I want to say that as we build our box, and we live in our world. Everything that you can touch and feel, most of what we think about and worry about, it's all gonna go into a box and we're never ever gonna see it again. You know what's scary 
and I am talking, I'm probably not talking about many people in this room, but it's me. I have developed a vernacular that only you understand. Now, if you're a guest here and you don't come to church, um, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the people that come to church a lot. I've developed a vernacular that only you understand. I say things like, hallelujah. Well, to you that have grown up in church, you know exactly what that means. If you're a guest here, you're saying, how a who? But that is common verbiage for us. I was emailing Pastor Lance um, uh, about the video. And I said, hey, are you going to play the video testimony? And I caught myself and started laughing. And I thought, if I were to say the word testimony in any sentence outside of my box, people would think that I'm going to court they're like, what do you do? You got to, you know, O.J. Simpson's back on trial and you're back. Yeah. No, I'm talking about sharing the good things that God did. Well, then why didn't you just say, are you going to share the good things God did? Why do you use the word testimony? They don't know what that means. They don't know what hallelujah means. But we have our own vernacular and we live in our own world and they have no idea what we're talking about. And just in case you want to see me, okay? I don't want anyone here to feel bad. When I saw this video that we're about to play, I, I saw it nine months ago. And I got so mad because it was a little bit too close to truth. Ever, has anyone ever teased you and it's like, that was too close? <laughs> that was too close. Take, take a look at this. Now, feel free to laugh because it's not you. It's me, okay? It's me. Take a look at this. Bless his heart. I think he's backsliding. I think I saw him drink. Yeah, but in moderation. I just wasn't seeing much fruit. He's going down a slippery slope. How's your heart, man? How's your heart? I'm just such a words guy. It was a total God thing. I'm blessed. I've been working on my testimony. Is that secular music? We're opening with a secular song tonight. Wait, is this a secular song? Isn't she secular? Which station is The Fish? 104.3 The Fish. Safe for the whole family. You know he's a believer. I think he's saved. I just pray you'd give him traveling mercies. Mm. Pray for all Tyler's unspokens. Mm. Echo that. Just really like to echo. Tyler's prayer, Father. I just, I echo that echo of my echo of his echo. I really feel like I'm being released from this, you know? I'm trying to be relevant. I'm just trying to be in the world, not of it. Hey, do you want to join our small group? You want to join my D group? You want to join my cell group? Community group? Access group? Accountability group? Acts 27 group? Dude, he brought it. He brought the word. That service last night rocked me. They're pretty purpose-driven. Yeah, it's seeker. Don't they do seeker service there? I feel like he's gotten really watered down. I don't feel like he really teaches the word. There's not enough meat, you know? Are they non to non? We have a great Wednesday night supper. Let's invite some dudes over and fellowship tonight. We're gonna have a sweet time of fellowshipping tonight. Dude, we had the sickest fellowship last night. We're going to extreme. Velocity. Ignite. Yeah, I'm going to ignite. The edge. The dive. The bridge. The ramp. Fire. Courageous. Passion. Echo. Reverb. Noise. Velocity. Drive. Elevate. Radiate. 722. 635. 419. Orange. Blue. Yellow. Green. Clear. Neon. Catalyst conference this year. I don't do that because I feel like it ruins my witness. Been struggling with that. I'm really wrestling with that. I'm wrestling with a doubt. Need someone to hold me accountable. I'm really trying to be intentional with her. I'm pursuing her for sure. I'm trying to guard her heart. Guard her heart though, bro. Will you hold me accountable to that? Yeah, well bounce your ass. Bounce your ass. Dang it. Crap. Shoot. Sheesh. Frip. Darn it. What the H? Holy crap. Son of a beasting. Dude, he's really teeing me off. 
I'm gonna kick his A. Are you asking me right now? Not cool. I find that offensive. Hey, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I just want you to know I'm feeling it. Half of this room is like, oh, that's the truth. And the other half of the room is like, I am seriously offended. I've, I'm telling you, I'm feeling it, okay? I'm with you. And so just let me say this. To everyone who you're not sure if you're offended or not, I, I'm with you. Remember who they're teasing. They're teasing me. They're, I'm the preacher's kid that grew up talking like this. Are you with me? Thank you, sir. <laughs> you know, I, I, my, my wife's brother is not a Christian, uh, has no idea what a Christian it means and what it does. And I, we were with them for New Year's a couple years ago, and I'm with him and his friends. Not one of them know about Jesus. And I'm sitting there thinking, you guys, all of you guys, are the people that I'm supposed to be spending my life trying to reach. But instead, what I do, Isaiah, come here. Brother Dwayne, come here. Charles, come here. Renee, come here. Come here, real fast, real fast, real fast. Um, I just had, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Come on in my box. Come on in here. There we go. Come on in here. Come on in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, Renee. Squeeze in here. Yeah, squeeze in. Keep, keep, continue to make my box look pretty. Make it look pretty. Make it look pretty because th this, yeah, I wanted to make it. Are you in? Are you in? All right, now let's just talk about Jesus together. How we, you know, tell me your testimony. Are you controlling? Are you controlling? Are you got guards up and all that kind of stuff? Okay, protect your heart. I want to hear your testimony. This is, this is how we live our life. And then we say, we use verbiage like this. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, you, you want to know what the truth, excuse me, guys. You, you, you want to know what the truth is? Every single set. no, stay right here. Don't leave my box. Every single Saturday night, without fail, at 8 o'clock, me and several of you are in that youth room right down the hall. And for two years, we have been praying for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So for all of you that are in this box with me, that's for you. For those of you that are guests in this room and you have no idea what an outpouring of the Holy Spirit is, I'm very sorry that even though you just met me, my whole life I have been living in this box. I'm sorry. And I am purposely going to try to get better at being a fisher of men. Sometimes I feel like I'm just hearing crickets <laughs> while I'm preaching. Is there anyone out there? <laughs> All right. This would be a good time to say, if you have any cell phones, would you please put it on? You know, I'm gonna, I've got pastor friends that I talk with every Sunday afternoon, and I'm going to say, no, I literally heard crickets <laughs> while I was preaching. Now, let me say this. Some of this room, um, it does not matter what I preach about. 
you enjoy your box, you enjoy your life, um, and you have no intention on being a fisher. And I just want to let you know, if that's where you're at in this season of life, don't feel condemned, don't feel bad. Um, it's the season of life that you're in. But I really believe that God is touching the hearts of people. And he's letting them know that the reason why you have been feeling mundane is because you're not doing what the primary purpose of your life is to do. And that is to fish for men. Have you ever seen somebody or heard somebody tell a story where they almost died? Like, I was driving down 45, and all of a sudden this guy came into my lane. Whoa, and I turned, I turned, and it was a donut. Well, I guess God's not done with me yet. You ever heard someone say, I guess God's not done with me yet. The reason why you and I are breathing right now is because God's not done with us yet. If he were done with us, we'd be in heaven. If we had completed our assignment, we'd be in heaven. That's why some seven-year-olds only live on the earth for seven years. It breaks our heart, but that's how long their assignment was. When the assignment is over, the creator of the universe says it's time for you to come on home. You and I are still here because our assignment isn't finished yet. What do you think that assignment is? Do you think that he looks at us and go, Frankie, I want you to make a little bit more money and then I'm gonna bring you to heaven. I want you to get a little bit bigger of a house. I want you to go on a few more vacations. I want you to get that boat and then I'm gonna bring you to heaven. No. What he's saying is, I'm going to leave you on this earth because I want to use your life as leverage because I've put people around your life that like you. They like you. And I didn't put them in your life to like you so that you can be like, I'm pretty, I am pretty cool. If I weren't me, I'd like me. I didn't put them in your life for that reason. I put them in your life so that you can bring them to me. I can use your life as a bridge so they can walk across it and meet me. So for those of us in the room that say, hey, preacher, talk to me. Realign my compass. Help me to be salt. Help me to be light. Help me to be a fisher. There are four things, and I'm going to go through them very quickly. Number one is fishing is not a solo expedition. Don't go fishing and try to introduce somebody to Jesus by yourself. Walk them through the doors, and you can't introduce them to Jesus. You can't say, Jesus is in the green room right now, but he'll be out any second. I'll introduce him to you. You can't do that. But all around you are members of his family. And when they come walking in, let these greeters and these ushers and the people around you say hello. Now, if you are a guest here, I'm going to be out in the lobby after service. Come talk to me. Let me know how we're doing. Because our family works especially hard on celebrating the people that walk through these doors. We work hard. So don't fish alone. Let the church help you. Jesus said that the church was going to be so strong that not even the gates of hell were going to be able to prevail against it. Use it as your ally. Everyone say point number two. Point number two is this. Fishing 
What does that say? Fishing requires strategy. Fishing requires a strategy. Now, what I love is I've only fished a few times, and, and last week I talked about how scary it was for me to take my thumb and stick it into a bass mouth just to take it off the hook. It was freaking me out. Some of you that grew up fishing, some of you were fishing before you were talking. Not this city slicker. It's very new to me. But when you fish, it's so interesting to me on how when you fish, you begin to convince yourself that you think like a fish. I meant to say that. You begin to, to convince yourself that you think like a fish. You sit there and you go, if I were a fish, I would be right under that tree. Hold on, I know it's in. I'm gonna make him look alive. Watch this, watch this, watch this. You know you want it. Come on, you know you want it. Come on, you, you know you want it. If I were a fish, I'd be right along this bank. If I were a fish, oh, the sun is up. The sun is up. Oh, he's not gonna be on the banks. It's too hot for the banks. He's probably sitting at the bottom. I'll put it right in the bottom. Oh, you know you want it. I'm gonna hook this thing right in the middle of the worm. I'm gonna let it hit the water and it's just gonna flop like this. And it, I think you guys call it hook it wacky style, but it's just, whew, whew. Yeah, 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 you are. And you begin to think like, like they think. And, and it requires that. It requires that to, to meet someone and to use a strategy. And the strategy that we need to use, some of you that are guests are like, hold on, there's a strategy. Yes, yes, there's so much on the line on whether or not you believe in Jesus or not. We're talking about heaven and hell here. Yes, there is a strategy. The strategy is this, invest, invite, repeat. Invest, invite, repeat. I went out to lunch with somebody recently to the Black Walnut. He did not know I was a pastor. I love it when I'm at these lunches. He was sitting there dropping the F-bomb F this, F that, F this, F her, F him, F this, F that. I was like, am I going to be next? <laughs> F, 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 F. And then he goes, so what do you do? <laughs> um, <laughs> now, in my head, I'm like, you, sir, are coming to church with me, and you don't even know it. But I couldn't invite him because I hadn't invested enough yet. So I said, how about I tell you what I do the next time we go out? And so he's talking about his wife and kids, but I didn't see a wedding band on his finger, which is common, you know, people who work out, they take their band, I don't know what he did that morning. And so I said, are you married? And he goes, yeah, I'm married, I have two kids. And I thought to myself, I'm gonna get your whole family in this church, you don't even know it yet, I'm about to ruin your life, I'm gonna get all of you introduced to Jesus. And I'm thinking, but it's gonna take, I gotta invest a little bit. Like for instance, my son plays on the Tomball Little League, and, and he's been a part of four or five seasons, three or four seasons, whatever it is. I haven't told anybody I'm a pastor. When I show up, I've got my hat on backwards, my sunglasses, basketball shorts, and I'm like, go Luke, go Luke, go Luke. Well, they, somebody found out I was a pastor, and they said, no, <laughs> no. And so they came this past Easter, like five families, and they came up to me in the lobby, and they're like, you look funny with a suit on. 
It's like, how? And they're like, oh, we didn't know you were a pastor. We just thought you were one of us. And I was like, I am. I just believe in Jesus. And, and, and so they've been coming. Some of you might be here right now from the Tomball Little League. And if you don't know why I live in Tomball, we used to live in the woodlands, but we moved out because I want to wear a wife beater and spit in a can. Um, <laughs> so, so we moved to, we moved to Tomball. That, I don't know. Uh, and so we, we love living out there. Um, but anyway, <laughs> why did I just say that? Anyway. You couldn't pay me to leave Tomball. I love it out there. But anyway, so, 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 what am I talking about? Oh, invest, invite, repeat. Now, there's some people you've been in their life for a long time. Don't lie to yourself and say, I'm in the investing stage. No, you're not in the investing stage. Bring them to church. And then once you bring them, you do it all over again. Invest, invite, repeat. And then you do it over again. Invest, invite, repeat. And there's studies that say if you get them to come to church at least three times with, with minimum amount of time in between they're most likely going to make the church their home and again I want to say if you're a visitor here today and you're going what is going on you're hearing the heartbeat of our church right now this is a perfect time to come number three everyone say number three and I've only got four points but number three fishing requires determination it, deter it requires determination everyone who has ever fished has said this. Hey, are you coming in, Frankie? You've said what I'm about to say. Are you coming in? Yeah. One more cast. <laughs> are you with me? Some, you just, let me get one more cast. I know I'm gonna get the big one right now. Josiah, I know, I know, I know. You, one more cast. Just, just one, and, and there's just this thing about fishing. It's like this fog that comes over your head. It's like you know there's a big one down there, and you're going to get it, and you're going to put it in one more cast. And you just keep on thinking, I am not giving up. I am not giving up. I am not giving up. There's a guy named Johnny Spampanato. I think that's his name. I, my, it was my father's friend. There's so many O's and Spampanados and Spampaninis and all these other guys. Um, but my dad was 21 in Queens, New York, and this guy would ask him to come to church all the time. Finally, my dad picked up a shovel and threw it at his head and clipped his head, and he started bleeding. My dad was just a, a street thug. And so finally he said, I'm going to come to church just so you shut up because the shovel didn't stop him. He comes in, he gives his life to Jesus Christ. There is only one branch of the entire Mazapika family tree that calls Jesus Christ their Lord, and that's my father's branch. And now his son, me, I'm up here preaching. My daughter's helping me. All because one guy named Johnny refused to stop. Refuse to keep on inviting. Fishing requires determination. Number four. Fishing re requires laser focus. My last and final point, it requires laser focus. You know, there are three things, money, health, and relationships. A circle around your head. 
It's, it's anointed by hell is what I believe to keep us worried about those three main things. When I was studying for this sermon, I, I did a Google search. I said, top stresses. And, as, and, and the first thing that came up on the search page said, 33 of the top stresses in America. I'm like, that'll do. So I click on it. I read all 33. And then I used my good eye to read the list. I was like, hold on a second. All 33 of these stresses fit underneath three umbrellas. It's either relationships, it's money, or it's health. And hell keeps us consumed so that we stay in our box, working on our relationships and working and we need money to pay the bills and I'm worried that my health isn't going well and I'm worried that this isn't going good and I'm worried and dear God, would you please bless me in my box? months, years go by without us doing our primary calling. See, I'm called to be a a dad. That's my daughter. I'm called to be a husband. My wife is pushing my other daughter around here somewhere in a stroller. I need to work. I need to pay bills. Just like you, all those things are secondary callings. Our primary calling is to lock on and to be a fisher for men. And if that's the only thing we do with our life is to put ourselves in position that when we get to heaven and we're trading stories with Abraham and David and David saying, I knocked down a a giant with a rock. And and Moses says, man, I walked through the Red Sea. And and how was life for you when you were on the earth? And you can say, I didn't knock down Goliath and I didn't walk through the Red Sea. But that guy right there, I brought him here. And that lady over there, I brought her here. And this is how we need to live our life. And I know we have other concerns. I know we have other worries. But the Bible says this, if you seek first the kingdom of God, all those other things he's going to take care of.